Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John Schofield. Finley. We have some sports to break down. We're going to start with baseball, and I know that we've been kind of harping on baseball, and they've been struggling. They're 14 and 18, 6 and 9 in the Patriot League, but hey, they combined to score 33 runs on 34 hits in two games on Sunday against Holy Cross. They earned a sweep of the doubleheader, 13 to 4 and 20 to 5. So the bats were awake. In particular, Colin Smith, he highlighted the midshipman's effort on offense over the two games. He won a combined five for nine with a grand salami, two doubles, six runs scored, and nine RBI. The junior also provided a stellar effort on the mound in game two of the twin bills. So basically, he was doing everything. He earned the win after pitching three innings of relief, uh, allowing just one hit and striking out three batters. The seven RBI effort in the nightcap by him tied the third most RBI in single game history by an individual in this program, along with the efforts of Colin Smith, uh, the trio of Logan Keller, who's been great this year, along with Christian Policelli and Alex Smith, each tallied multi-hit performances of the twin bill. Um, the 33 runs scored by the midshipmen over two games marked their highest run total in a double header since scoring 34 against Lafayette in 2019. So WAGs, obviously something where, um, the baseball team needed a win. They lost the first game against Holy Cross, and Holy Cross is not a great program, um, but they they did what they had to do on Sunday by coming back. What were your thoughts? Well, we knew Coach Costacopoulos would get Navy in gear eventually. It took a while, but they seemed to be hitting their stride a little bit and playing better baseball as a whole. So the important thing is after taking two or three from Holy Cross, John, Navy is now six and nine in the Patriot League, and that has put them in playoff contention. Army West Point's eight and three, Bucknell's 10 and five, and Lafayette's six and five. So Navy's right there uh, in the upper half of the standings, which is what you want to see. And hopefully this trend will continue, John, and they'll continue to push up and move past Lafayette and get up there in the range of Army and Bucknell. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, this is the effort that we needed. And hopefully, you know, waking up the bats and some really solid pitching performances gets them in a position to do that. Um, let's talk about the number 24 ranked Navy women's lacrosse team. They are 11 and 2, 5 and 0 in the Patriot League after rolling to a 16 6 victory over BU, a BU team that should have been rolled over. BU is now 1 and 12 overall, 0 and 6 in the league. Um, so Saturday was definitely an enjoyable time. Um, to see this senior day for a lot of really big seniors, nine of them, um, to get a win against a team that they needed to get a win against. We talked in the last few pods about how the schedule for women's lacrosse is backloaded, and you've got a lot of tough opponents here at the end with, uh, with Army and with Loyola. So getting a win against BU was very, very big. Um, the seniors, congrats to them, Bell, Dietzel, E.B., Finley, Fiore, Haney, uh, Lockery, and Roloffs, the captain, along with Jade Torres, um, their impact has been immeasurable. 
Um, so a really big win. It was fun to be out there to watch it. Um, you know, th- this is a team wags that can really make a deep run and at 11 and two and five and zero in the league, I know the toughest games are ahead, but certainly the results have been very positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And congratulations to, I mean, the real key seniors that are playing and really contributing as starters are Alexis Bell, defender, um, uh, obviously Reagan Roloffs, who's had such a standout career as both a draw specialist and as attacker. Um, and so uh, Bobby Haney sees a lot of time, Grace Lawfrey. But uh, congratulations to seniors. They held senior day, um, not the last home game, because the last home game, John, is against Army, and I think that's got enough emotion and uh, uh, prestige with it that don't need to add senior day ceremonies to the mix. The other home game against American is a Wednesday night, and that's not real conducive for parents to seniors. So they, they held senior day a little early. actually caught me by surprise, but that was a running clock, John. You love when you go to running clock in women's lacrosse. Um, and as we've been saying on the pod now for several weeks, it's schedules backloaded with – the final two games are against Army West Point and Loyola, which right now are atop the Patriot League. And I was interested inside lacrosse does NCAA tournament bracketology, and they are not giving the Patriot League multiple berths. They're they're calling the Patriot League a one berth league. They project Loyola to get that berth. So uh, Navy's got some things to prove. Yeah, and you're exactly right. We keep talking about the the utter change or evolution of Reagan Roloffs uh, from when she was a plebe to now being celebrated on Senior Day. She is much different physically. She's a gifted leader out there. She's absolutely deadly, um, you know, in the faceoff spot. And and then you know, leading this team, it has been fantastic. So, congrats to the seniors and. I know I, for one, am really looking forward to them getting a win against Army West Point next weekend on Saturday. Let's talk about men's lacrosse. Uh, John Jarrow scored the opening goal, and after that, it's probably that's that's about as good of a situation as we could have asked for from the uh, men's team. Um, the Loyola the Loyola men's team went on a 10-0 run. It spilled into the second quarter, and the Greyhounds who were kind of having a down year at five and five, but they were four and one in the Patriot League, but kind of a down year. They smoked the men, uh, 18 to seven. Uh, it was part of the Saturday afternoon doubleheader. Um, the men's team now six at, sits at six and five and two and three in the Patriot League. We are in the very awkward position wags of having to root for Army uh, on Saturday because it would put us in a better position to actually make the Patriot League final. But you know, Joe Amplo pulled no punches. He was like, our tails got kicked out there today. It was a good old fashioned butt whipping. And that's really not what you want to see. I mean, this is a very good Loyola team, but uh, is it time to press the panic button, Wags? Yeah, that's a good question, John. Uh, He used the word regress. He feels the team has regressed in the last few weeks. And he's referring to losing 17-9 to Boston University the weekend before when Navy fell behind 8-0. So, um, they're playing a lot of young players on defense. They've shaken things up a little bit on defense. They're using some new fresh faces, young players, but you know, this far into the season, John, you got to be more competitive and Navy is running out of opportunities to prove it can play with teams in the upper echelon of the Patriot league. Navy's already lost to Lehigh, Boston and Loyola. That leaves army West point as the last team in the upper half of the Patriot league. So, and the other two games remaining on the schedule, John Lafayette and Bucknell. But yes, you're right. Navy is teetering on the edge of 
being uh, uh, making the Patriot League tournament. Six teams get in. Um, so uh, Navy's got to get a couple more wins. Lafayette and Bucknell are going to be crucial. You never know about Army. That's up at West Point. Army to this point looks like a better team, but you never know in that rivalry game. But it's disappointing to see Navy at this point in the season and Coach Amplo saying we've regressed and we've got to try to pull it together. Yeah, so from your perspective, Wags, you know, how, how does this get turned around? Where of the, you know, like you've been following lacrosse your whole life, you know, where, where are they, where are they finding failure? Because, um, you know, it, it seems like every game there's kind of a new, there's a new issue where the offense is, is kind of non-existent. The defense is porous. Um, you know, they've, they've got senior leadership on this team. They've obviously got talented young kids, you know, from, from your observational perspective, how has it ended up this way? Well, what clearly the problem against Loyola was ball handling. Navy couldn't clear the ball. I mean, Loyola rode hard and Navy was having trouble getting the ball onto its offensive side of the field. And they didn't play a lot of offense. So they were on defense a majority of the game and Loyola is very talented and they're loaded with Graduate students, fifth-year seniors, they're very experienced. they got to got kids that have played a lot of college lacrosse. And in particular, Aiden Olmstead with seven points. Um, and uh, Kevin Lindley, they're a very talented attackmen. They, they made Navy look silly. I mean, if you let skilled guys like that have the ball for the bulk of the game, they're going to kill you. And so, you know, the defense, I think, did what they could, but the – you got to get the ball to the offensive end, and you've got to possess the ball. That's the other thing. On the rare occasions that Navy did successfully clear, they didn't maintain possession of the offensive end and run a lot of offense because they committed turnovers down there. So um, they just got to show a little more poise. They got to handle the ball better. And they, another thing, John, on Saturday against uh, Loyola, they got crushed on the faceoffs. Um, Loyola's got a dominant faceoff specialist, and he owned Navy. 18, they won 18 of uh, 30 faceoffs. So uh, a lot of work to do, and you got to get healthy against Lafayette. That's team Navy should beat. It's got to get a win this weekend, John. I completely agree. Well, um, I'll tell you what, great perspective. We're going to wrap up um, some of the other results, uh, including some, uh, some honors for Navy boxing and track and field um, in the out. But for now, we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to talk with Navy track and field athletes Katie Halbert and Ashwin Briggs. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 on Main Street in Annapolis. Whether you're an Annapolis resident or if you're coming into town to watch sports or for a reunion or you just want to get back to Naptown as the weather gets nicer, my favorite is a Cabernet and a Cuban sandwich at Red Red Wine Bar or an Old Fashioned and a Dry 85 burger at Dry 85. You can't go wrong with either. Be sure to check out both establishments. And again, thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter for all of their fantastic support. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy to be joined by a return guest, uh, Navy track and field captain, Katie Halbert. Katie Halbert is among a great many Navy Academy athletes from track and field to get Patriot League honors in the wake of the star victory over Army which was part of the sweep over that weekend that led us now to an 18 and two star record over army. 
Uh, Halbert had an amazing weekend uh, securing the 100-meter hurdles and the 4 by 100 relay, came in second in the long jump, set the Navy school record and the Army-Navy meet record in the 100-meter hurdles, clocking a time of 13.48. That topped the Navy record by 0.35 seconds. She ran the opening leg of the 4 by 100 relay, uh, helping for a combined time of 45.95, which also set a new Navy and meet record. And then finally, just for good measure, finished second in the long jump with her season best jump of 5.72 meters. So number one, Katie, thank you so much for rejoining the podcast. And number two, walk us through what it was like to beat the hell out of Army up there in that meet. Well, it was definitely satisfying. Um, no better way to end my Army Navy kind of showdown career than to add a sixth star to the, the sweater. But um, so started out, it was really cold. I would say we all had many layers on and hand warmers in our pockets, hand warmers in our hands, layers on in between every single rep. But started out strong. It was really fun. Watch some hammer, watch some uh, long jump, pole vault was going on. Um, got it going. Had a good time at long jump. Then got beat out at the last second in the final jump. And that really kind of fueled um, my performance for the rest of the day. I was like, I don't like to lose. So the team carried on. I'd say dominant performances on both sides. Like the momentum just kind of kept rolling. It was a lot of fun. Uh, took on that 41 relay. Uh, this is my first year running the 41 relay. So it was really exciting uh, to kind of get after it. Had a solid, solid wrap around the entire track and finished and I had no idea what the record was because it was never something that I'd considered and then the team just blew it away watching Molly Mangan absolutely eat up the curve was just incredible um good performances continued through I just kept hearing over the loudspeaker meet record after meet record after school record um and I just feel the whole team just keep going harder uh 3000 steeplechase watching winter just absolutely dominate Elliot dominated as well and I was like I'm gonna take that energy right into the hurdles and then I had the absolute best race I've ever run in my life. I'll probably end up chasing that feeling for the next many weeks until my tracker is completely done. Um, and then when I was informing, it was just cheering on absolutely like as much as we could. And Army didn't really capitalize on the advantages of having home turf. So our team took 95 athletes and we absolutely filled the stadium with the energy. Like we we're like, might as well take control of it if it's within our grasp. So start to finish, it was a great time. I love it. Well, before Wags pops in, you know, you mentioned Maya, you mentioned Winter. Like, what were some of the other performances as the team captain? You know, what were some of the surprises? What were some of the things that absolutely, you know, reinvigorated you, you know, as you're as you are a leader of that team? You know, what 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 were some of the points for you that really turned the uh the tide and led to another star on your uh, sweater? I think the Patriot League uh recognition did a good job of recognizing some really awesome ones with Braden Presser. Um and Han Hannah Lowenstein, this is her first competition back in an entire year. She's been practicing for about two weeks and she just comes out and just pops out, you know, top time in the top height in the Patriot League. Um, like awesome to just win it, which is incredible. The triple jump for me was awesome because we had a pair of freshmen win the event um, with massive PRs and a school record for Sandy Bollinger. Um, so the entire team was over there watching that, which is awesome. Uh, I love seeing us like kind of snag points where we don't expect them. We're going one, two, three. So I would say the like the cross country distance group did really well, just absolutely dominating with one, two, three finishes. Um, with times I don't even understand how fast they're going until they finish. And I'm like, there's nobody in sight, which is absolutely incredible. But for me, I think the 
the ones I hold heart close to my heart are me and Vermeer in the hurdles, just because I know we've both been kind of going for that. We kind of faced each other down. I was like, who's going to be faster than Vermeer, me or you? Who's going to be faster than Clayton today, me or you? Awesome. Wags. Well, uh, obviously, we talked earlier in the season when he set the school record for the pentathlon. Um, I know that in a meet like this, your ability as a multi-event performer enables you to help the team in a lot of ways. Um, and that's what, how you really score a lot of points when you have athletes that can run multiple events. Can you talk about using your prowess as a multi-event athlete to be able to help the team in multiple events at a dual meet like this? Well, I kind of try to live by Coach Cook's mantra of be an athlete. So wherever you need me, wherever he wants us, that's where we'll be. Um, for me, it works really well to be able to kind of do a bunch of different events, but they're all kind of similar speed power events. Molly Mangan does a really good job of, she can run any kind of range of sprints from 100 meters to 400 meters and absolutely dominate. Um, so I just kind of use that versatility and apply the same power dynamics and form that practice kind of has drilled into my head over years and years and apply that to each event and just go after it. So I you see a lot of that with the jumpers and the sprinters that kind of transfer over Brianna Mueller and I were doing the same kind of trio of events and we're like, okay, long jump and then the relay and then the hurdles and then on to the next one. Um, and Lindsay Lewis is the same. So it's kind of nice to be next to people. We all have that same kind of lineup, same kind of strengths, and we all know what each other needs. So looking ahead at the Patriot League championships, is it, do you feel like that'll probably be a similar thing that the need to score team points is, is kind of outweighs doing the pentathlon? And, and as I asked that, I look ahead to NCAA championships and what you would like to qualify for, because that's another part of it is qualifying for NCAAs if you can. Um, so Patriot League is all about what the team needs for sure. Um, so we haven't really decided what anyone's going to run yet. It's still kind of up in the air. I have a lot of things I'd like to do, but I also have to recognize that at some point there has to be a limit and he's going to be kind of dividing up between a lot of really talented athletes. You see that a lot with people who run the multi events and then also do a lot of open events is how much can you push? Can you do a decathlon and three extra events? Can you do a heptathlon and still run 400 meter hurdles? It's always a question. And we have some really tough athletes and you've seen these performances in the past and they've worked really well. Um, so for me, it's always a, as like, how much can I do? What do you want me to do? And it may mean that I don't get to run things that I really want to run, but if that's what the team needs, that's what the whole team will kind of work together for. Um, and then for regionals and nationals, I've never considered, you know, myself running at those. So honestly, not something I've contemplated at this point. It'll just kind of be what happens in the season and how fast can I go? It's exciting, but kind of unknown. Oh, right, well, last for me, before I pass it back to John to close this out. Um, so with regard to qualifying, qualifying for NCAAs, I think you can do that by you do that by time and, and meeting an NCAA standard. It's not just if you're a Patriot League champion, you automatically qualify, which is kind of different from other sports where you win your conference championship, you move on to NCAAs. That, that's the case for a team, I would imagine. But individually, can you kind of explain to the listeners how one qualifies for regional and NCAA nationals? Yes, I actually had to ask um, one of my teammates about this recently because I was never, never, not something I had ever considered before. But the regions, there's the east and west region of the country, and that's the region, and that's where we break up. And so, top 48 athletes, like top times throughout the entire season that you performed, qualify for the regional meet. And then there's prelims and possibly semis and finals. And the top 18 times, I think it is, from each region, then qualify for nationals. So all very individual. 
All right. Well, so Katie, I have to ask you now, you know, what are your expectations for the team? You know, you've got the George Mason um, Invitational, I believe, uh, you know, coming up, you've got a couple of other meets before we get to uh, before we get to the uh, Patriot Leagues. So what are your expectations? What are your goals? What do you think is going to happen? I'm excited to see a lot more records fall. Now we've kind of finished out the six stars. So, I mean, having the Navy athletics program break the record for most amount of stars is awesome. Knowing that track and field and cross country responsible for six out of those 18, like an entire third, absolutely incredible. So like, that's like one major check Mark. Um, and now I'm really excited to see us as we kind of perform kind of chasing this idea of a triple crown. So we won uh, cross country Patriot League championships, we won indoor Patriot League championships, and now there's the outdoor ones are looming over us in a few weeks. So um, I say 32 days till we beat Army again and possibly win the Triple Crown. That's definitely a goal that the team's had in mind ever since cross country dominated in the fall. But I expect to see in, in between that a lot of uh, records fall. I'd like to see Penn Relays, maybe a championship of America. We haven't had one of those since COVID, so that'd be really exciting since Penn Relays hasn't happened. But I've watched my best friends, my teammates, the hurdlers absolutely dominate the shuttle hurdle relay. And I kind of always wanted to kind of go after that as well. And we have a really good group of hurdlers. So it'd be exciting to try that. But just so many things to be excited for. And honestly, I couldn't even count them all, especially not now. Yeah. And then just a small thing like commissioning week and then graduation uh, on the horizon as well. As uh, March turned into April, I know that a lot of you are excited that it's just one more month until you're out of there. So, Katie, we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for you. Congratulations on beating Army. Congratulations on that sweater getting one more star, and we'll be rooting for you along the way. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be a part of Navy Track and Field. That is all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's Katie Halbert. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have our next guest. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, it's time for a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Your nationally ranked Navy women's lacrosse team returns home for a big week of games, starting with a tough match with American University on Wednesday, April 20th. Fans and attendants can purchase $2 hot dogs at the concession stand throughout the game. Then on Saturday, April 23rd, Rival Army is in town for the annual star game presented by USAA. Be sure to come out and cheer on the mids as they look to continue their dominance over Army in the star series this season. And remember, all Navy women's lacrosse games are free to attend. The Navy men's lacrosse team returns home Friday, April 29th for a 7 p.m. matchup with Bucknell to finish off the regular season. Be sure to get to the stadium early as the team will be celebrating Senior Day prior to the start of the game. In addition, the first 1,000 fans will receive Navy Light Up Sticks to help us light up Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium for our lone night game of the season. For tickets, call 1-800-US4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And finally, Navy football season tickets are on sale now. Experience the pageantry and excitement of Navy football all season long by purchasing or renewing your season tickets today. To secure your Navy football season tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us here at the Sing Second Sports Podcast. In our next segment, we just talked to Katie Halbert. 
We are now talking to men's track and field captain Ashwin Briggs, uh, distance runner from Pickerington, Ohio. Ashwin, number one, thank you so much for joining us. Number two, same question to you that I asked Katie. What was it like to go up to West Point and stomp those dudes and get a star in their house? Oh, I mean, well, thank you for having me, for one. Uh, going up to West Point, I mean, it's a great feeling. Uh, knowing that the work that we put in all season, that it paid off and that we can get it on the back with the victory under our belt. Uh, but Army-Navy is different. We want to do all these big competitive meets. We want to send guys to regionals. We want them to ultimately make nationals at the end of the season. Uh, before the team, Army-Navy is just something different. Uh, it is something – it's what our main focus is, is each season. I mean, the coaches gear the whole season around this Army-Navy competition. I mean, and why? It's because it's because the Army-Navy is – this tradition. Uh, both these academies, these two rival academies, duke it out each year on the track to see who can bring the most dominant force. Um, and then pride comes from winning, from winning with your team. Uh, this is where track kind of becomes like a team sport uh, instead of just uh, going out on your own, trying to make these regionals or nationals. We're all working together. We're all there for each other. And the energy just gets so high each time. Um, everyone wants each other to win. And I've been running track since like fourth grade and army Navy is no comparison to any other event I've ever taken part of. And it's just a different feeling coming away with a victory at the end of the day. So as a leader, how satisfying was it? Yeah. That this week, um, five midshipmen earned Patriot league, uh, track and field honors. Um, Miguel Matias, Katie Halbert, Braden presser, Hannah Lowenstein and Joe hurt. You know, as the captain of the team, how satisfying was it for you to see, you know, all of these accolades come down individually to some of these athletes on top of the great team victory? As captain, I get to be like so proud of everyone on the team. Um, I get it's like a, it's a different feeling. Uh, I go to Army Navy before kind of just um, trying to earn that star. I'm just trying to like help be a part of the victory. But now, like, this is my team. Uh, I I want everyone to like do their best and to come out on top and then having, having them show up like that, having them show up with all these meet records um, and even a couple of team records. Uh, it's just like a totally new feeling. Like I'd rather show up to an army Navy meet, have a bad day and everyone else do amazingly and just have the team come out victorious rather than having a great day by myself and having the team not, uh, not do so well. So for me being captain is just like brought a kind of new meaning um, for myself with the team and has taught me like so much. And I'm so proud of everyone who's been able to be successful while um, this year as um, in Army Navy and both for indoor and outdoor seasons. So before I turn it over to WAGS, I have to ask you, a lot of stuff is coming to a head here. You've beaten Army, you've got the Patriot Leagues at the beginning of May, and then just a small uh, commissioning week and graduation ceremony at the end of May. So, you know, what's it like as you look back on your career? You basically lost two years right in the middle of your career as a midshipman to COVID. Um, you know, you've just come off of spring break. You've been an athlete the entire time. And now all of a sudden, May is right around the corner and you've service selected uh, aviation and your career will begin. So as you look back on your four years, how satisfying has it been? How tough has it been? Uh, with COVID and, and how do you think that it's developed your leadership skills? Um, yeah, well, it's definitely developed me tremendously. Um, going back four years, I was a totally different person. I mean, I've competed 
and track and field for 12 years. Uh, so I know what it's like to push myself to the limit and set the tackle goals for myself physically. Uh, but the last four years have taught me how to be part of and lead a very high performing team. Uh, so while also, I mean, dealing with like the rigorous lifestyle that you have at the Academy performing academically, um, everything with like COVID, uh, the structure of the Naval Academy doing well, uh, it's, it's made me a well-oiled machine compared to how I was before. And I think that's like the main difference. Uh, I believe it's set me up to tackle larger problems in the future uh, and, and lead bigger teams later on. It's definitely been challenging uh, leaving the team uh, during the COVID summer. Uh, but I mean, coming back, we were, we were strong as ever. Uh, we were able to tackle more championships and we haven't lost since then. We haven't lost Army Navy since freshman, since my freshman year. Um, and then one, Sometimes one problem with winning so many victories is that the team can get complacent. Uh, but our team, that we just never see that with our team. We have, and that's largely thanks to our amazing coaching staff. They always keep us on our toes, and uh, we just keep putting out every time we have a new competition. So, Wags. Well, I was going to go back to the Army Navy meet. Obviously, it was on the men's side. It was a bit back and forth. Um, you know, Navy pulled away at the end and won by fourteen points. But in your opinion, what were some of the uh, events that maybe turned the tide, maybe some events that were toss-ups that maybe got more points than perhaps were uh, predicted. Uh, where, where do you think this, uh, this meet turned as far as in Navy's favor? Yeah, uh, so at the beginning, we obviously had a couple of really good sweeps uh, in, the, in the triple jump. We had uh, Joe Hurt, uh, and then obviously in the javelin throw, we had Braden. Uh, later on in the meet, we started, uh, we started seeing the scores get a little closer. Everyone kind of got a little nervous because, I mean, we knew we were ahead, but we also knew that we needed a couple of really good races if we want to stay ahead and not let Army uh, take the advantage at the end there. Uh, so pretty much going into with a 200-meter dash, uh, we knew we had to get a couple of victories, and we had three events left at this point. Um, so that was the 200, the 5K, and then the 4x4. And 200 meter dash comes along. Everyone's kind of on edge, but we basically said that, okay, right now we need to really pick up the energy. We need to make it sound seem like army's not even here. Uh, that we're like, we don't, we're at West point. So we don't really have like the same fans that we have here at the Academy. So we need to, we need to get loud. We need to support each other. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone started running around the track. We only had three guys racing, but it looked like everyone was getting ready for the race. Uh, we, we line up the track. Then we have Seth and Holly are just go absolutely crazy in the 200 wins first place. The energy's up and we have momentum at this point. And we have Miguel Mathias and Grant Van Valkenburg. They run the 5k right after that. And you can just tell they have that energy. The whole team is just going crazy for a 5k, which is a 13, 14 minute race. Uh, we're out there the whole time, giving them our energy. And then they end up both breaking the, the record for that race. Uh, Miguel going under 14 minutes and finishing his race in a 412. And then the meet's over at that point. We have the four by four. And then we walk away with the victory. So just kind of keeping that energy up is what we do really well. We know how to compete. We know how to give each other our energy. And then it always works out in our favor. Yeah, actually I'm looking it says Miguel Matthias finished in 1357-28, which is the fourth best time in Navy history. You all must have been pretty fired up about his performance. And uh obviously he was followed very closely by Grant Van Valkenburg. Yes, sir. Yeah, they <laughs> they really turned it on that race. Um, and that's what we needed. We needed them to, we're like, okay, if you guys can go in this race, you can finish the meet right here. We don't even need to 
we don't even need to run the four by four. So uh, do what you can. And then they did it. They showed up. Talk about your uh, thoughts for Patriot League championships. Do you feel good about what Navy men's track and field can get done at that all important meet? Yeah, of course. Right now, I mean, we, we have we have the confidence for sure. Uh, we have a couple big meets between now and then, and we're just going to see what we can, what type of times we can get out of a lot of our guys right now. See if we can get some qualifying standards for even regionals, um, and then see how much more momentum we can gain throughout the rest of the season. Until then, I mean, we're ready for Patriots. Uh, we're going to show up and basically have the same strategy as here this time. Um, so we just got to do our thing. We're used to it at this point. Just don't get complacent and be ready for another victory. And Ashwin, before we let you go, you know, you're going to be a leader of, of teams again out in the fleet. What, what do you hope to fly uh, when you get down to Pensacola? <laughs> I don't know uh, what I hope to fly in the future. Um, but, I mean, right now I'd like to maybe fly fixed wing, maybe jets someday. <laughs> but, yeah, who knows? I'm looking forward to anything that I, that is offered to me and just, like, finishing this season strong and being able to get whatever I can from the, from the people here, um, take every opportunity. Yeah. Next month you're out of there and we wish you luck along the way. And, uh, when you get in the fleet, we know you'd, you'll do well. Thank you, John. And thank you for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I was Ashwin Briggs, the captain of men's track and field at Navy. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags and I will take this out. This is Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our friends at the Naptown Scoop. Hey, if you're an Annapolis resident or somebody that lives outside of Annapolis but gets back to town like me, you definitely want to sign up for the Naptown Scoop. There is not a better place online to find out the latest in local politics, sports, weather, restaurant openings, what acts will be playing at what bars over the weekend. Go to naptownscoop.com, click on the subscribe button, and start getting in the know. That's naptownscoop.com. Click on subscribe. Now back to the pod. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Um, Just a couple of small things before we take this baby out. Number one, many, many congratulations. Navy track and field student athlete Caden Daly was selected as the Patriot League Field Athlete of the Week for his efforts in this past week's George Mason Spring Invitational. It was announced by the conference on Tuesday afternoon this week. He competed in the long jump over last weekend, and he won the event with a qualifying mark of 7.35 meters. For you non-math nerds out there, that's a little over 24 feet. That's insane. Uh, The junior was the only Navy student athlete to win an event at the meet. Daly's distance is the season best and top jump by a midshipman this year. And in addition, that jump ranks first in the Patriot League. Um, while ranking 86 overall in the NCAA, but a pretty remarkable achievement right there. Uh, Speaking of remarkable achievements, we've been talking about Jen Coleman all year. We postulated about what would happen with Jen Coleman when the WNBA draft happened. We did not hear her name called on draft night, but that does not mean there isn't news about Jen Coleman. Wags, give us the scoop. Well, the day after the draft, the morning after the draft, the Navy women's basketball Twitter account posted a message that Jen had signed a training camp offer with the Washington Mystics, and that would enable her to go to a two-week training camp with the Mystics with uh, hopefully an opportunity to make the roster. However, uh, I would like to write a story about this and talk to Jen and Coach Taylor, but I have not been allowed to yet because Navy 
uh, Naval Academy Public Affairs Office has kind of uh, put an embargo, or I don't know what you want to call it, but um, I, I, they, they, there's something going on, and I have not been able to talk to Jen Coleman. Let's hope that that uh, happens soon and I can write a story, because obviously it's a very big deal for a Naval Academy women's basketball player to be given an opportunity to try out for a WNBA team. It's never happened before. It's historic. So hopefully we can get that news out there, John. Yeah, I mean, you've you got a lot of those coming up, right? You know, so it's Diego, Mikey McMorris. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of options out there. And, and again, I believe that these are great stories for the brand of the Naval Academy. Um, you know, so hopefully we can, we can have an opportunity to, you know, talk to her and find out exactly uh, what her options are. Before we go out, Wags, talking about excellence, I know Brigade Boxing was a couple of months ago but that did, that did not mean that boxing was done. Um, Coach McNally and Aiden McNally in particular had themselves a pretty good weekend, but um, the plaudits did not end there. Uh, how about you give us the scoop on that? Well, the big deal there, John, is that the Navy women's boxing team captured the National Collegiate Boxing Association National Championship held in Charlotte, North Carolina. Navy had four individual champs. Elizabeth Grimmig at 125 pounds, Abby Pigeon at 147, J.C. Curry at 156, and Jordan Barnhart at 165, and Navy women's boxing is the national champion. The Navy men's boxing team finished third and had three individual champions. Uh, Adrian Johnson was uh, the champ at 139. Aiden McNally, who you, you, is the son of Coach Jim McNally, was the champion at 147, and Vinny Motzel beat... Uh, Matthew Beeson from Army. We always love when we win championships over Army at 195. Uh, there was a fourth Navy boxer in the finals, Jake Jones, lost to an Air Force boxer. But congratulations to the Navy boxing team. Fantastic effort at the NCBA National Championships. And I'll tell you what, you better mark your calendars for next year's Brigade Boxing Championships because Adrian Johnson and Aiden McNally are going to go at it. And I know it's going to be entertaining. Well, Wags, Thank you so much. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to Chris Cervello, Ward Carroll. Thank you to NAAA and our sponsors. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.